Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. We are back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies in history and, of course, talking about new movies as well. Lots to get to. We're going to continue our experience through Labor Day and September releases over the last 20 years. We did the 80s and 90s a week ago. We'll get through the 2000s and 10s in just a little bit. Lots of movie news to get to as well. And um, and 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 I, first of all, I want to bring him in. And this is a new phenomenon. I didn't know this really existed, but happy Batman Day, uh, Chuck. Today is Batman Day. What, what does that mean to you? Well, I'm Batman, so it means a lot. Don't tell <laughs> anybody. Though. No, I'm, well, here's the deal. Most people in the area I live in, in, uh, in the Poconos, they, they see me as some sort of Bruce Wayne character, meaning. Um, they see uh, you as a character. I'll give you that. Re- There's relax. no doubt about that. Can I explain myself? <laughs> so they see me as generous. And um, schizophrenic. Okay. So, so I'm sort of the Michael Keaton Batman. <laughs> well, it is the. Uh, and I so, like it. I sort of embrace it. I got to be honest. In all seriousness, it is the day that serious, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger developed uh, Batman. So there is a special history of September 18th. Have we ever talked about Batman on this program before? No, maybe once or twice. Maybe okay. once or twice. All right. Um, so uh, we got lots of movie news to get to. The first thing I want to talk about is the trailer of, of West Side Story, Chuck. And I, I just I got chills just watching the entire two minutes. It's just something about the magic that it seems like Steven Spielberg has poured into this film has got me really excited about it, which is coming out in a couple of months. Uh, I, I, I definitely like what it's doing. It's very different. Uh, not very, but it's different than the first teaser trailer released a few months ago. Right. This is more fleshed out. You could really see the love in Spielberg's camera work with a lot of different angles. I, this is not a, a phone-in job. Uh, he has. This has been a pet project reportedly for many years. He's wanted to do this. It looks really good. Yeah, and looks- I, I, I was saying to a couple of people when I was watching the trailer in my in my ice cream parlor on my sixty-five inch four K. I said to myself, "Does this have any sort of a shot?" to make the same connection that Rose and Jack and Titanic made back in, 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 uh, in 97, you know, it hasn't been really a great love story that really connected with audiences in a long time. No, am I wrong? What do you think? Yeah. It's not going to be that big. It's not, nothing's good. I mean, Titanic, especially post COVID, but Titanic's one of the biggest movies of all time. One of the greatest movies of all time, which you both agree. But I think this has a shot to really connect with people. I hope so. I think it's what this country might need right now, too. at some some sort of level as well. Another great trailer we saw is for the series uh, Hawkeye for Disney Plus. Yeah, it's really good. I like that. finally it seems like they finally found the right tone for me, at least as far as what Marvel's going to do on the small screen, although I did enjoy the uh, the Captain Mar- America series uh, a lot. Um, the other two just keep just just don't do it for me. This one, it really seems like die Hawkeye to me, Chuck, a lot of Christmas overtones and Haley Steinfeld looks like she's having a lot of fun as well. So yes, I agree. Jeremy Renner in the lead. I, I'm looking forward to that. That's a real good trailer. Um, Chuck, let's talk about cry macho here. Now it did open in theaters this weekend and on HBO max it, you know, it, it uh, most of the reviews I've got, I've seen 
have not been good or kind or well, generous. I, I, you're sort of uh, you're sort of some like it, some don't. It's weird, really weird. The so ones who like it, like really like it, and the ones that don't, like really don't. It's well, to, just, me, to me, it just looks like Grand Torino three, which I'm is, OK you know, with that. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, uh, I got to be honest. We booked it at our theater. I, I walked in. <clears throat> I watched the first 10 minutes and um, I got to tell you. Clint. At 91, he's very frail. Yeah. And when he walks. He's he's he walks like an old man. I mean, there's well, no he doubt. is an old man. <laughs> I know he is. I, but he can't Clint, CGI his, that, I guess. I understand. But his Clint is having said that. He still has a stunning screen presence. And when he speaks, you listen. Yeah. Any uh, any advance on, on as far as uh, mo- money take on this? Yeah, set? a little less than five million that's, on like thirty six hundred screens. Now, here's the thing. The mule, Mike. Yeah. I think it opened at like twelve. It wound up doing one hundred and two. This is not going to be anywhere near. No. One hundred and two. Now, the question is. You know, how many eyeballs are on HBO Max? I think that's a good question, because I think a lot of the older audience will just watch it on TV and not go to the theaters for this kind of movie. For sure. I'm not sure if the over 60 crowd is rushing to AMC to watch. I guess we're never going to know the answer to these questions until uh, there's no day to day. Right. 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 And, you know, I would I would doubt a movie like this is going to spawn people to just start buying HBO Max as well. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Um I did think it was interesting that they did get Hannity to do a lot of the radio promotional for this film. And, you know, I guess they're just going to figure there. He's going to play to that audience a little go yeah. hard, right. And, yeah. uh, and see what happens. Uh, interesting. Um, the eyes of Tammy Faye also comes out in limited yep. release as well, uh, which is Jessica Chastain as Tammy. What Faye about Baker. your, what about your boy? J- uh, Gerard Butler has a movie, right? Uh, yeah. The cop shop, but with uh, Frank Grillo, who you uh, want to know what that's going to do with the box office <laughs> about a less than, less than 3 million. And the, uh, Tam- t- and the Tammy Faye movie is going to do less than a million. Mike. Yeah. Well, these are, these movies are not designed. I understand. I understand. Venom is the next big one that comes out. Oh, oh and- here's the thing about Venom. You want to know what the running time is? And don't tell me it's under 100 minutes. 90 minutes. Oh, brother. 90 minutes. That is never. You know what? I, when you say 90 minute running time, you know what I think of? <laughs> I think of a I, I think of a, a, a Nicolas Cage. Movie. No, I think of I think of Poseidon back in oh, uh, 2005. Yeah. When, uh, well, you think of that movie entirely too much to begin with. No, so. I understand. <laughs> but here's the thing. Think of this. When you spend over 100 million dollars on a motion picture. Yeah. You, you're telling me you're, you, can't you can't get 120 can't. minutes out of it. That's yeah. not good. You can't. No, it's not. Yeah, it's or at, not at least 110. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although the no time to die seems to have the longest bond running time yeah, of all two, time. Two so, and a half hours. And if you want to go check out a great video uh, it's, that's trending now, it's uh, it's the star of no time to die uh, saying goodbye. Yeah, to the production crew, you. Daniel Craig. It? Yeah, it's pretty emotional. Daniel oh, Craig. Cool. And it kind of does. It'll it'll dispel any this rumors at all about him returning for another one. Cause it does. Now, let me that. ask you a question. You think there's any chance whatsoever that in the movie, the character 007 dies at the end. I think there's a 10% chance of that. Yeah. Death. I only say 10%. Yeah. I think because let me you, ask you another question right off the top of my, when you were watching the dark Knight, Right. Did you think Bruce Wayne, Batman died? Did no. you went? Huh? No, I never thought it never crossed. My Nolan mind. did a good job though. Fooling. I, I, he, I think there was a little bit, of maybe he's killed. He killed the Batman off because the message. I don't want to get too much into Batman. 
It is Batman see, Day. It's okay. You can. Okay, it's Batman. I'll allow. I'll allow it. Thank you. Uh, you could see if Nolan did decide to do that, because th- that was the, the end of his trilogy anyway. Sure. Sure. I mean, you could have just. You could have had. I still wish, to this day, to some extent, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, was allowed to. Where Nolan came back and did one more, where he came back as whatever Robin, as Robin or, yeah. or, you know, a symbol, yeah. uh, superhero, and then and then you bring. Uh, Christian Bale's Batman back for the second half of the last act, sort of like Charlton Heston in Beneath the Planet Apes. I just bring him back for the third act. Yeah, and there's something cool about that concept. You yeah, don't see that, but it would be cool. I did get a chance to see a cool movie on Netflix, um, Chuck, and that's you know anything. I'll watch Mary Elizabeth Winstead do anything, mm-hmm. um, and if she's kicking ass, it's even better. But a movie called Kate is on Netflix right now, which co-stars uh, Woody Harrelson as well. She plays a a, a hitman who who only has 24 hours to live a lot of great action in it. And boy, does she just fill up the screen, Chuck? Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's, you know, it's fluff. It's on Netflix, but um, it does have the power of Woody Harrelson behind it. And it has some really good action stuff in it. And again, it made you wish for that, you know, 11 Cloverfield lane, which never got made. And I don't know if it ever will. The, the- it also makes it also, it also, I still think when I think of Die Hard five, right? Yeah. Yeah, I say she, to myself, why couldn't she be his his why yeah. couldn't she team with him instead of they gotta get Jai Courtney as his son? Boy, and like, that Jai, Jai th- Courtney. That was a creative that was a big creative mistake. And and I gotta tell you, um, I still have a hard time getting the taste out of my mouth from that movie. Di- the I, fifth die hard movie. You and ten million other people, yeah. as a matter of fact. Uh, but it's good to see her. In a starring role, hey, but Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis recovered fine after that one. No. Oh, yeah, he's done. No, he's he's worked. He definitely has worked. Um, Chuck, there's a lot of reboots I want to bring up here when we get into movie news. Yeah. And you just tell me your initial thoughts when I bring up the title of the reboot. Most of these are like, all right, what? Why? Yeah. Reboots or sequels or prequels. All right. The first one is the Lost Boys reboot um, in development. Uh, a couple of stars are already attached to it. Oh, um, Noah Jupe, who's in uh, a quiet place and Jaden Martell from it. No big Listen, stars. I, I, I could get why they want to do it. I get well, why they want to do it. Do you do you do it and not bring back the Jason Patrick's and the and the at least yeah, Corey Feldman? Yeah. You have uh, to. I mean, do you, well, do they did have... that on DVD. Those DVD movies where they brought back Corey Feldman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and they brought back the Frog Brothers. Right. Now, who yeah. cares? I guess. Although they they were a big part of stealing the first movie. Right. Sure. They were funny. Uh, yeah. Um. Jamie Gertz is there any interest? No, in, I, no. I, I say I say if you're gonna you just you you clean slate. Clean slate. Um, yeah, they did the Lost Boys, the tribe in 2008 and Lost Boys, the thirst in 2010. Yeah. Um, there was a television series in the works as well that never came to fruition. That's actually bad. What, what was the first one? What year? 2008, I believe. Here's the thing. Even back then in 2008, you sort of got a little juice out of a directed DVD. You're like, oh, you know, this yeah. is, I can't, you yeah. know, I want to watch. Now it's like if they did that, like, forget about it. Chuck, what about your thoughts? Now, I'm not a huge fan of the bodyguard, although on repeat viewing, it's a little bit better than the first time I saw it. But they are going to reboot the bodyguard 30 years after the fact of uh, the Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston love story. Uh-huh. Um, a mix I on this movie. Would, I, I can see why they did it. You no, know, here's what's interesting about the bodyguard. I just watched it again recently because my wife and daughter were watching it. Yeah. And uh, she never Mick, saw Mick it. Jackson directed it, of course. OK, yeah. Um Originally supposed to be Steve McQueen and Diana Ross. We remember yeah, that. He has a Steve McQueen homage haircut. Yeah. Costume, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. When you watch it, you say a couple things came to mind. 
one, I say to myself, is he miscast a little, Kevin Costner? Right. Having said that, he has tremendous star power. He does. I'm not and quite it, sure. I'm not quite sure if there's an, any amount of chemistry between the two stars. Maybe, maybe, part of the maybe not, but she, but, but she's such a unique talent mm-hmm. that the movie still sort of works. It does. And, and even though, even though the plausibility rubber band is really stretched at times and it yeah. is. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, this guy is guys after her and, and it's like, you don't know who he is and and, and, um, and, and the Oscar telecast is almost as bad as the naked gun 33 and a third telecast. Yeah. But, I mean, it's but, a spoof worthy of that movie. But, but she's such an incredible talent to sing her mm-hmm. and to see her in a, you know, in a role, in a starring role opposite him. Um, I understand why that movie became a big hit. It and of course, it had, it had some great songs in it. Too, yes. But it, and, and yes. So it had a lot. It was like um, it, it's like a it's like a concoction that you, you cook in your oven where some of it really works. Some of it doesn't. But yeah. as a whole, it still tastes good enough to be a hit. Right. And in, there is no world where Robert Wool, as much as I love Robert Wool, would ever host the, the Academy Awards. I will say that uh, that falls flat. How about a reboot of Flight of the Navigator directed by Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, um, interesting movie um, that some people seem to like. It's going to be on Disney Plus, although yeah. I'm just interested in the talent that she's turned into. Ch- uh, you know, Chuck, she's really she's developed and directed a couple of the Mandalorian episodes. Um, And of course, she's on in front of the camera, too, in the Jurassic world. I think she's I think she started, you know, from the help on. She's developed a nice little legacy for herself. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at the bloodline she's from. And she she, by by all accounts, she she appears to be a a pretty nice person. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Although the village, again, I please don't watch that movie, although she's good in it. That movie is just the pits. What do you think of a triplets movie, Chuck? Adding Tracy Morgan to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Okay, here's the thing about this: um, 1988 uh, twins. 1988. Will anybody care? The only thing is, uh, if Danny DeVito's in it, I'm interested, right? I'm. I'm and I love Arnold, so yeah, yeah, I'm interested. Now remember, um, this was supposed to be developed back with in I the know. day with Eddie Murphy with Ivan Reitman. You know, who's going to bring Eddie Murphy? Well, that would have had a lot more juice, right? A, a hell of a lot more juice. I think he could do it now. I mean, why not try and go for broke and see if Eddie would be interested in doing this? You think they Tr- called him because Tracy Morgan was available? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm surprised. Know. Honestly, uh, I'm not surprised it's Kevin Hart or The Rock. If you think about it, I mean, it, I, I, it's so I, high concept. They really could have went anywhere. Exactly. I, I completely agree. It almost feels like not no knock on. Um, I love Tracy. Tracy Morgan, don't get me wrong. Ha- right. Having said that, having said that from a studio point of view, you attach The Rock to this project. It's, it could be massive. It is. And he's done work with Universal. Right. So it's yeah. a little surprising that they I'm didn't. sure he would love to work with Arnold and Danny DeVito. Um, but look, it's very early stages. Look, I like Tracy Moore. He's very funny. Yeah, Don't get me I, wrong. I agree. It's just a level of I'm talking about which star power. We're talking star power concept. Right? Exactly. Exactly. You know? And remember, initially, when this was done, the star power of these two together, complete opposite look, you know, to be in twin. You talk about high concept and major stars. That was the way to do it. And what about Wonka, Chuck? They're going to do a prequel to Willy Wonka. It already has um, Michael uh, Key, Keegan Michael Key yeah, attached I don't to like, it. I don't like the idea from the get go. And Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, is, I don't like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is listen. This is um. Here's the thing, and we talked about this before. Gene Wilder is is was born genetically to play that role, right? Yes. So there is no other 
actor that is ever going to do that better. I just think they should leave it alone. And I don't want to see a prequel. I don't really care about the backstory. I don't, you know, when yeah. Burton, when Burton did the version with, with Johnny Depp and, you know, the, uh, the Charlie sequences were good. The, the, the Wonka sequences, he's just too weird. And when they do the flashbacks, with him finding new balloons, I hated that stuff. I also hated the all the kids at the end too coming back, popping back up at the very end. I did not like that. Yeah, um, that at all. You uh, know, the the original film is not a big budget movie. It is a simple movie with a amazing, uh, born to play the role by Gene Wilder performance. So, um, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, we bring up West Side Story earlier, and then because. Yeah. In the lexicon of my movie background, I would equate Willy Wonka and West Side Story as maybe two of the most uh, influential movies growing up. Right. What but would the- they be? That's a good question, because I somebody asked me this the other day. I, I would agree with that. And to me, the blob with Steve McQueen yeah. is a mad, 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 mad world. It's a wizard, was a big one, yeah. wizard of Oz, obviously. Right. But the uh, point, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is the is the love and the crap behind yeah. Steven Spielberg and yeah. West Side Story as opposed to. Tim Burton taking it into an interpretation of his own. I, I don't know. Uh, I just had that that bad feeling from the first scene of Willy Wonka, the second one. I agree. Uh, it, it, I wonder what tone they'll take with this film coming up. And before you know, I know you have some uh, some this day movie history. I did want to bring up a passing of a great and I mean, great, maybe even underrated comedian this past year. Uh, Norm MacDonald, um, yeah. arguably the best host of SNL update. Um, not a movie star by any means. I think he did a couple movies, happy Gilmore and uh, dirty job. He did. Um, he had a couple failed TV series, but Chuck pound for pound, maybe the funniest guy that was on the face of the earth. And well, so, here's the thing. When so heard, dry. When, and when so I, heard, I agree. So when I heard about that when I heard about that passing, um, I was really bummed. Yeah, I, I thought it was, I, it just sucked. It's like, really? Apparently fighting, cancer the last nine years and and completely in norm mcdonald fashion nobody yeah. knew about it right so I know. it's a bummer uh, and another you know when much like when charles groden died another rabbit hole to go down if you want just go watch his appearances on conan and letterman and all the talk show circuits the guy nailed it every single time and here's a guy that stuck it to nbc and said i'm going to continue to make a farce out of oj simpson on Saturday Night Live, and you can't stop me because it's comic. He felt it was comic gold. They wanted him to stop, and it ultimately it cost him his job yeah, I back know. in the day. But I got to be honest with you. You know, you talk about the Dennis Millers and the you know Seth Meyers and all the hosts, the Tina Fey's, Amy Poehler. To me, the most iconic is Norm Macdonald. For some reason, he sticks out the most as a as the best anchor of SNL Update. Would you? I agree. Disagree with that? No, I, I agree. So it, it sucks. Um, 61 years old is way too young uh, to, to pass away. All right, Chuck, I know you've got a, a couple. I, of- I, I got to this this week in TV history. First, uh, this week in TV history, 1972 MASH premiered on. Um, I'm not familiar with that. What is that? Is that a- on CBS <laughs> ran for 11 years? Was it I popular? Was saying, I was <laughs> one of the most popular shows of all time. Here's the thing. Listen to this, Mike. We talk. I think we briefly talked about this. Before the last episode of MASH, which aired in in, uh, in 1983, Goodbye, Farewell, Amen, right? Mm -hmm. One of the great endings of a TV show of all time. That last shot, the overhead shot in the helicopter. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. 
hundred a hundred mm-hmm. report, hundred and twenty five million people watched that. Eighty three percent of all televisions were tuned in. Think about that, Mike. Think about that. That's crazy. That's you super. Could go on, that's you super could go, like you could go on YouTube right now and see people watching it. They have like in bars, people crying. Um, what is you're never going to get a collective experience out of a TV show ever again, ever, 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 uh, because of the content is so you know streaming and TV yeah. and networks. It's just it's so diversified. But think about how many people watch that show. I mean, I understand it with three networks at that time when it originally aired. But uh, Alan Alda, he guy was awesome on that show. And he was he's just an awesome talent. Alan Hawkeye Pierce, no doubt about it. And I know people that never watched the show that watched that show um, that night. That that didn't matter. That episode. And what what I love about that last episode is how dark it was. Yeah, it was dark and was disturbing. Yeah. And uh, because the state of his mind in that last episode. But uh, that 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 last shot's iconic. Awesome. It absolutely is. There's and no and doubt another about it. this week in TV history, 1984, a show called Miami Vice uh, aired on uh, premiered on NBC. Don Johnson and uh, Philip Michael Thomas, I believe. Yep. You know, here's about the interesting thing about Don Michael John. Michael Mann developed that show, right? Here's yeah. the, and, and that show uh, was pioneering. It was a game changer because it it gave sort of a, a theatrical. Uh, spin on a TV show. Yeah, every episode felt like a movie. It did. Right. And yeah. now here's the thing. Don, look at Don Johnson. And I think he's really good. Yeah. Never really had a breakout movie career. He, I mean, he's worked consistently in movies, but never like he never got the John McClane role like Bruce Willis got. Right. Not really. Unless I you think it. unless you think Dead Calm is his breakout role, which he starred as a sheriff in that movie back in the 80s. But yeah, you're right. He never he never. I mean, Holly Davidson in a Marvel yeah. man, you know, I mean, like his he, best he, role is Tin Cup. To yeah, be honest he's with you. good in Tin Cup and, and, and he's just good. He pops up now. A lot of supporting roles. He still looks great. He was a great looking man back in the day. But Miami Vice uh, was definitely a, a game changer for network television. Friday nights uh, must watch TV, no doubt about it. And it incorporated the MTV generation too. It did. a lot of it videos. Did. Glenn Fry yeah. would guest star on it. Yep. Phil Collins. Remember back mm-hmm. in the day, sure. there's some great and, you know, Edward James almost had a great supporting cast as well. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely Michael Manish. There's no doubt about it. And although the, you know, the, the, the movie uh, interpretation with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx just was very, very flat, Chuck. And I, it, it, it didn't really have enough meat to the bone for that movie to really accomplish anything, although definitely inspired casting. Uh, the Miami Vice movie just never, never really took off. Yeah, I mean, certain TV shows have become movies, you know, Untouchables obviously is iconic, but some should be left alone. That That is probably one that should have been. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, Chuck, let's uh, you ready for Fast Five? Sure, let's go. All right, Fast Five. We'll start with one that uh, it, it, it kind of, is fitting because his new the the Sopranos movie series is uh, is about to take off here, Chuck and and James Gandolfini would have turned sixty years old, believe it or not, um, died at my age um, ten yeah, years ago. Uh, he is a bummer, but but he he was um he was born to play that role the same way Carol O'Connor was was born to play Archie Bunker. Pretty I mean, much that, that good. It kind of dwarfs- that show. That show was. Uh, that shows a masterpiece. In yep. my, this is a masterpiece. And um, well, it dwarfs it all awesome. his other work that he's done in. in other yeah, movies. there's no doubt. I mean, I remember him in uh, in the uh, the Nicolas Cage movie. 
with Joel Schumacher, eight millimeter, right? Yeah, eight millimeter. And he's then, good, and, he's and, good and, as the bodyguard and get shorty, right? Yeah, he's, and, he's I, very and, good and listen, he's really good opposite Robert Redford in the last castle. Yeah, sort of play, playing a, a little bit of a different different type of villain. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, more, he's, me, more meek and calculated, but um, true romance. Like remember his great scene yeah, with uh, yeah, with Roseanne, uh, Arquette, Patricia Arquette. He's really good in that. Yeah, uh, definitely. And to believe he's only 51, he, he just, you know, it's hard to it's hard yeah, to think. Yeah. But Jack Warden, Chuck, he hasn't been with us for quite some time. Oh, can years I now. get in a beyond a beside adventure reference here? If you'd like, he would have been 90. He would have been uh, actually 101 you years old. La- you want to laugh? You know, what just popped in my head. His starring role is a head is a is a is a coach in the Bad News Bears TV show. <laughs> Remember that he did. He took over yeah. the Walter Matthau part. He, he did. did. Yeah, I have two movies that always stand out to me is Heaven Can Wait. Yeah, um, and which I love him in that film. And then the one he did later on, A uh, Night in the City with uh, uh, Robert De Niro. He is just so good in that. It was one of his later films. Um, put aside all his problem child movies because he came back for three of them. Go oh, watch boy. Night. Go watch Night in the City. It's a great, great, great movie that nobody has seen, Chuck. It's um, amazing how the first problem child was a big hit at the box office. It really is. And, and you know, ironically, you know, we'll segue right into John Ritter because it's his birthday too. Okay. Um, never had a big movie career. Obviously, to me, the two most iconic TV characters of all time are both Jacks. It's Jack Tripper and Jack Bauer, two of my favorite TV characters. But is there a, was there a funnier man on TV? Uh, from 1976 to 1984 than John Ritter. No, as that, Jack Tripper. You know, it's interesting because I remember uh, when Lucille Boyle did that retrospective show of mm-hmm. three because she was a big fan. And the show really was about nothing. I mean, they, they regurgitated the same joke every week. But absolutely, Mike, it worked like, I mean, it was funny. It was so funny and well, it had a great of- ca- had a great cast. And when they flipped the cast over completely, it still was. It was not only as good. It might even be better. Might might have gotten better. Well, you think about it. You lost the Ropers and you lost yep. Chrissy. Right. If, if not for John Ritter, does that John, even show and, even and, survive? No. But having said that, um, Mr. Furley was funny. Oh boy. <laughs> you have Don Knotts. Don Knotts was uh, iconic in that role, and and you know, uh, and you know, give Joyce anyway, DeWitt listen, some credit it was, too. It, and it was pretty adult. It very adult, very a very adult, adult. Uh, that yeah. series like that might not even exist in today's Maybe world. Not. Chuck. Um, all right. That's three down. Let's do two more. Uh, it, this one's that low hanging fruit for you. But Roddy McDowell um, would have been 93 years old this weekend. Chuck, listen, I, I might I, it'd be, it'd be easy to say the beside of it. But the truth of the matter is he was the Planet Apes original series. He was not he was not in beneath because he was filming uh, something else. I think he was filming Legend of Hell House or something. And uh, so he didn't do it. But without Roddy for the Mc- last two, right? With, with he, it, yeah, he did. He was in the last three. Last three. Uh, right. was in, with, without Roddy McDowell, would that series be be as good? I don't know. Probably not. Cornelius. I mean, you needed that character. In but there, you know, right? it's interesting. I played the other night at my, my ice cream parlor. I played the original Planet Apes. It's on HBO Max, right? And I'm watching it and I'm saying to myself, this is every bit as thought provoking as it was in 1968. Sure. It, it holds up. It is. It makes you think. It just makes you think. It's a great script. Well, I, I all due respect to Planet of the Apes. To me, there's only one Roddy McDowell role, and that's Peter Vincent as Fright oh, yeah. Night. I mean, that's yeah. just, just I mean, and, and, one of my know, favorite kud- characters of all kud- time. Kudos to, uh, you know, to, to Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, 
It's just perfect casting. Yeah, perfect I mean, role. He, he obviously is a big fan and it just it works beautifully. That's wow, a perfect. That is a perfect movie. Friday, yeah, no? it, it, it is. It is. Um, and it, all this work we talked. I mean, he is acres for crying out loud. If it wasn't for him, would anybody have even gotten out of that freaking boat? Uh, how, right? How's this? Ready? Acres, which way to the kitchen? <laughs> and that and that, how, how's, wait, how's it? How's this? Re- Reverend Scott, this gotta be. <laughs> um, I, I still blame uh, Carol Lindley for that death. Uh, he Acres would still be with us if she just yeah, walked well, up the he had, a, his, he had a bad knee injury. Yeah, he would. He had true. He, he probably wouldn't have got. He wouldn't and, have been able to swim, right? I gotta, he probably I wouldn't have got tell you, At least his death is is much more uh, organic and natural than what they did with Freddie Rodriguez and Poseidon. Oh I mean, my oh, god, that, that was that was bad. That was just, that was bad. I never. I I, I don't want to harp on this too much, but. I got to be honest. I never seen a movie change in tone. No, that's bad. From one scene to the next, like beside me. No, that's from that brutal, nasty. Shake them off. Shake them off. Kill Josh him. Lucas. Yeah. To, to Josh Lucas jumping into the uh, fire water and coming up a baptized different character. He literally is <laughs> a bit when he comes out. He, Mike, he's not the same character as he was in the beginning of that movie. You know that. Uh, the he fact that we the, the fact that we keep talking about this week after week it. after I week. I just love the Beside Adventure so much. I can't help it. I understand that. All right. Last but not least, how about Jeremy Irons, Chuck? Uh, he is uh, 73 years old this week. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's 73 years old. Well, Dead Ringers is a classic role, a classic movie for him. Yep. But I mean, I love his villain turn as a, Hans Gruber's brother in a Die Hard with a Vengeance. That movie gets better with age. It's, I like it when it came out. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and I don't like the ending. They they don't have an ending, but that movie gets aged like fine wine. It's a really good movie. And we both like him as Alfred. He's definitely a good Alfred. I I love him as Alfred, actually. Um, I and I I, and let to to the animation fans out there. Speaking of villain roles, he is Scar for crying out loud. He kills his own brother and he does a wonderful job. Wonderful job. His voice is awesome. I did all I could to not bring up Kyle Chandler. It is his birthday this weekend, too, Chuck. You want to do a six yeah, Friday Night Lights? All right. That might that is a and, TV role, but hands you know, down. Yeah, he is something else. I always like him and everything that he does. All right, Chuck, let's go through um, some of these. Uh, the last 20 years Labor Day. I know we're in the middle of September, but Chuck and I took a week off and we wanted to get through all the September releases to see if we conjure up some memories from uh, 20 years ago on Labor Day weekend, Chuck, uh, fear.com came out in 2002. And we've already now we're starting to see movies with the dot com in, in the name. Um, that was the only big release in September of that year. So nothing to do cartwheels over in September of 2002. How about uh, September? Uh, I'm sorry, the Labor Day weekend, 2003. We get to see the sequel, which is actually better than the original. I think we brought up Jeepers Creepers. A, a week ago, but Jeepers Creepers 2 comes out. It's actually a pretty effective horror movie, Chuck. Ended yeah, up making $119 million at the box office. Pretty good. This is the one with the high school kids on the bus. Yeah. Um, And, and it really has some effective, good horror stuff in it. Uh, I agree. I, li- I like that franchise. I thought they were I thought they were pretty nifty, uh, effective movies. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, it, it, it actually was quite successful at the theater and it kind of benchmarked its way into um, Labor Day weekend and off the top of my head, did they did they make a third one? I don't even remember if they did. Nothing pops to mind. Do you remember them making another one? I don't recall if they, I think they're going to make another one. They might have. I don't. 
we're going to look bad because I don't remember. I don't. Is somebody out there saying Jeepers Creepers 3 is the greatest one of all time? Probably. How about 2004? Jet Li was pretty popular, Chuck. His movie Hero came out, made $177 million at the box office, too. That's worldwide, though. That's worldwide. uh, But still, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the sequel. Listen, I thought he was awesome in Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah, he is really good. That movie's so underrated, Lethal Weapon 4. Um, what about the sequel to um, Anaconda? Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood nah, Orchid comes out. Nah, nothing. It's okay. Does it do it for you? Yeah, it doesn't have the cast the original had. No, it does not. Um, although it did do pretty well at the box. One thing office. about the original Anaconda, it had a great, really cool cast that gives it its cult appeal. Yeah, a little bit. Although, you know, Eric Stoltz is in a coma for most of the movies. I know. So. Carrie were. Carrie were, yeah, John, they love John me some Voight, Carrie were. Me too, John Voight, Wiley, J Lo, J Lo, yeah, Ice Cube, Ice Cube. Yeah. Uh, what about two thousand and five? Which is interesting, Chuck, because a movie called Sound of Thunder comes out, uh-huh. stars Ed Burns, which was an utter disaster of a movie. What happened, to Ed Burns? I don't know, but the Transporter two came out, made over a hundred million dollars. That's my favorite one. It, is it different than Transporter one? I just well, like the angle where you see East. The, the 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 woman who is kid is kidnapped. He has to rescue her, and there's a nice connection between the two. And I like the actress who played the female lead in that movie. I don't recall her name, but I I liked her. Interesting. The very next year, he'd come out with Crank on Labor Day weekend. I don't like Chunk. that movie. I told I hate I hate the Crank movies. It, they, I don't. It, I feel like I need a shower after I watch them. They just uh, have a vileness to them. I don't like them. And two little cult movies come out this weekend too. Idiocracy comes out. Um, which basically, if you watch it now and how it plays to the days we're in right now with uh, with Luke Wilson in that film um, and the Wicker Man, which many feel could be the jumping of the shark of Nick Cage. Chuck, you want to know something? I, I, I get the Wicker Man. I, I, OK, like if that comes on on cable, I can watch that movie. I, I just find it interesting. Well, and it's all standing, though. It's yeah, also it's interesting too. No, Neil LeBute for the lead character. It's not no, a good ending. no, it's not a good ending. Neil no. LeBute directed and wrote that movie too, and he What's was a remake. Yeah, it was a remake of way back when. Yeah, a lot of people hate that movie, Chuck. I, I, know I mean, they, it, I know they. Do. It's not as bad as, but you could make correlation to the Nicolas Cage who has a new movie out this weekend, folks. He if does. You don't, if you don't know this, yeah. uh, um, but this is where he jumped the shark and he never recovered from. You know, it's funny when when you say Nicolas Cage has a new movie out, I say, oh, it's a new weekend, huh? <laughs> well, him and Bruce Willis, I think they're in a contest. So yeah. who's going to make the when most are they going to make a movie together? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. Can you, give right, me, Chuck- can you, can you give me Stanley's good speed one more time? Uh, I think can we, at have this a, po- can we have a rock too, please. At, at this point, it wouldn't, it would land flat. It would just Probably. wouldn't work. All right. Well, well, Disney is never going to finance it. Let's put it that way. Go ahead. In 2007, Chuck, we get Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um. Okay. Here's the thing about this movie, and it made money. How could it not? I mean, use this carbon to score. People are going to be interested in it. Um, his Halloween 2 is dreadful. I hate it because it's so nasty to women. This one has some interesting aspects, I will say. Malcolm, Malcolm uh, McDowell, McDowell. As Loomis, yeah. He's interesting. Mm-hmm. He's good. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the part that I, the problem where, where I have with this movie. He, he focuses way too much on Michael Myers, and he gives very little. Uh, basically, uh, Laurie Strode is an afterthought. Yeah, and the a- the actress playing Laurie Strode is no Jamie Lee Curtis. Scout Taylor Compton. Yeah, she's no Jamie Lee Curtis. 
and uh, it has it's, but it's Rob Zombie, and it and it gets nasty. Not as nasty as Halloween Two, which is beyond nasty. But uh, I, I have mixed feelings about his Halloween. It's not awful. It's not awful at all. It's just not good. It's not good enough. An interesting movie also comes out that day, too. It doesn't make a lot of money, but it is the actual original script to Death Wish. And that's Death Sentence, which has Kevin Bacon basically playing yeah. the role of Charles Bronson. This is a gritty, gritty movie, Chuck. It's too gritty for me. Yeah, but it's interesting to see him at, in that role. It's really well, it's good. It's based casting. on the same, no- same novel, right? Same novel. It's, it's actually closer Death to the original novel. Yeah. Th- then it just I, I, like, I, like the fir- I like the first half. The second half becomes it just becomes too nasty for me. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you, Chuck. I, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you there. All right. In 2008, you get disaster movie, which is basically a, a, a spoof of disaster movies. Um, Babylon A.D. also comes out that year as well, Chuck. Um, nothing major uh, in the in the in the world of movie releases in 2008. We go to 2009. For we, and we are exploring Labor Day weekends uh, the last 20 years. Actually, we cover 40 years over two weeks, Chuck. That's the kind of stuff we do here on this uh, wonderful show. Um, in, in 2009, the big movie is the original and probably maybe the. You know, you know, you, you call this a wonderful show. I, I, I call it therapy. Thank you for letting <laughs> me do this. Um, well, the the <laughs> the biggest movie of Labor yeah. Day weekend is the yeah. original. Fo- supposed to be ending no more. Uh, the final destination comes out, makes a ton of money. I gotta tell you, I I am a big fan of that franchise. I know it's repetitive, and very, and, uh, but but I I gotta tell you, the people who 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 did it and directed those movies, they they knew what they were doing. They had a lot of fun. The audiences like them when you've seen those movies in a movie theater yep. and they play very well on Blu-ray or cable, whatever you want. They play well. I like them a lot. Now, that, that opened up against the sequel to Halloween, Halloween Two, Rob Zombie. It, it crushed it, too, Chuck. So I think people found the same things wrong that you did with the second Rob Zombie uh, Halloween. Yeah, and, movie. and Michael Myers is not a six foot nine uh, hulking behemoth. I mean, it just sort of defeats the purpose, no? Yes, I, I would. I would I, technically I would agree with you there. No doubt about it, Chuck. Um, the American comes out in 2010. That's a George Clooney movie. I, I, I got to tell you, I know it got groovy. Uh, Mike, I find that I rather watch paint dry. <laughs> it's a boring movie for me. Uh, all right. Uh, I got it. I'm just giving my I, honest opinion. I right? want you to be honest. I don't want you to not be honest. Also. That's why I'm here. Also, that weekend, you get Machete come out, which is uh, that Dr- Danny Trio movie um, and Takers, which is a, a heist movie as well, which I believe had Paul Walker in it. Uh, no, not Paul Walker. Who was a oh, Matt Dillon? Yeah, Paul, Paul Walker and Matt Dillon's in that movie. Didn't make a lot of money, but it's a heist movie. You want to go back. All right, let's go back 10 years ago, Chuck, to 2011. And again, we prefaced this and we did last week. Labor Day is not traditionally a money making weekend. No. At all. And that's why you're not seeing a lot of uh, uh, big movies coming out in, in on, on that Labor Day weekend. So, Chuck, we go to 2011 uh, releases on Labor Day. Uh, boy, I'm searching here. Shark Night 3D came out, um, which was a horror movie trying to cash in on some of the Piranha 3D that we saw a few years back. Uh, really uh, nothing else of note comes out Apollo 18, a smaller horror movie that came out as well. So mm-hmm. 2011, uh, boy, oh boy, you'd think there was a pandemic or something because I'm looking at the list here. There's just nothing 
to sneeze at on that yeah, list. It's a dumping ground. It is. It basically is a dumping. I thought we we'd catch a couple of nuggets here of of note. We go to 2012 on Labor Day weekend. Um, and, uh, the possession, you know what I'm seeing a trend of horror movies, right? Yeah. You know why? Because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, it's financially viable, not a huge risk for the studio to do this. And, it, and if it has a decent opening, they're in the black and they'll play and it'll play for a couple of months, right up until Halloween. They'll catch a little uh, lightning in the bottle that weekend too. Uh, the possession starts, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it as well. I don't remember that movie. No, Chuck, I don't either. But that was the big release of 2012 on Labor Day weekend. So we moved to 2013. Trying to find something here, Chuck. To, I want Chuck's memory to be jogged and some good little story to come out. We go to 2013, Chuck. Here's what I got for you. Nothing. I got nothing. Okay. Uh, uh Yeah. Uh, oh, get up, get away. I don't even know what that is. Get away. Tell me about it. Oh, that's oh, I know what that is. Ethan Hawke's Selena Gomez action movie that came out. I didn't, I don't remember it. Well, Ethan Hawke every once in a while comes out with these little action movies that he did one 24 hours to live, right? A couple of a couple of years ago, too. Nobody saw the getaway, which is why I had a hard time trying to find out what came out Labor Day weekend in 2014, uh, 13. Now in 2014. Um, boy, oh boy, we've got nothing here mm. as above. So below another bad horror movie in 2014, Chuck Labor Day weekend. Uh, I'm still searching here for something. Mm. I mean, maybe this is why people just usually go away on Labor Day weekend. There's really nothing to see in the theaters. Chuck, we'll go to 2015, just six years ago. What came out this Labor Day? I don't even think anything came out this Labor Day that was of note. Um, but in 2015, six years ago, we had a, a little movie called. I don't even know if I want to bring it up because it's not even worth bringing up, Chuck. Um, Paw Patrol. Meet Everest. Talk about your Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. You love well, this. They just did a sequel this year. I, I, I have no interest. I don't I don't remember. Keep moving. I, honestly, though, of the, the the another transporter movie did come out in 2015. Transporter refueled again. You probably know more about these ser- these series than I do. Um, not much going on uh, as far as Labor Day weekend on 2015. Well, we know 2019 wasn't going to be any good, right? Or 2020 wasn't going to be good. We could skip that year. 2016, we moved to. August of 2016. All right, Chuck, what are the end of August, early September 2016? Do you remember where you were five years ago? Uh, you got to jog my memory. Too. No, but do you remember as on a personal note where no, you were? I, I don't. <laughs> we weren't in the movie theaters. All right. How about Bridget Jones's baby? That's uh, something, right? Yeah, I don't think it did well. Um, It, it did OK overseas did okay. and everything. I mean, did we have enough of that series already? You know, what's interesting about Renee Zellweger is that, you know, we both love her so much in Jerry Maguire. She sort of lost her luster and then, you know, won an Oscar playing Judy Garland a couple of years ago. So interesting career, a very interesting career, one in which uh, it has a lot of ups and a, a lot of head scratchers in there, too. Yeah. But um, no doubt about it. 
9-11 came out in 2017, the Whoopi Goldberg drama that I know you're a big fan of. I never Charlie. saw it. You're going to make a 9-11 movie. Why wouldn't you cast Charlie Sheen and Whoopi well, why Goldberg? Why wouldn't you make a 9-11 movie that nobody saw? Nobody I, I, saw. I right? mean, it, it's it kind of mind boggling that um, that a movie like that could even be made, Chuck. I got to be honest also with you. scary. It also is scary that right now, even like a movie like uh, Cry Machos on 3,600 screens is going to make less than $5 million. That, that's yeah. actually scary. No. Well, we did. We did have a huge release Labor Day weekend in 2017, and that was the first it. It part one made well. Um, I mean, a, a oh, that ton, was a Labor a Day weekend of, release, huh? Yeah. August 31st wow. and went played through the weekend. Okay. Um, that was a great movie, right? Yeah, I, I mean, love the, the first one. I like the second one. A yeah, hell of I, I like the second. I like the second one, but I, I like the first one a lot better. Uh, but it's amazing how that movie like that is just needs to be jogged in your memory, right? It's not like it, it has the lasting power of a of certain horror classics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the Nun came out in 2018. Again, another um, horror movie, in, low in budget horror movie. Family. Is that what it is? I yeah, mean, it's like, in the same universe. Is it Patrick Wilson in this one? Or? No, no, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. The same universe as those. And then. You know, we're going to skip 2020 because nothing came out that year. And then 2019, the final uh, weekend to look at it. Chapter two came out Labor Day weekend. Um, well, OK, so, yeah, I, I, it's hard to believe that that they waited on those movies until Labor Day. Let, but- me, let me ask a question in, in, ra- in rapping um, now to the end of the year. There's a lot of movies that they are going to be pretty good coming out. Bond, you know, yep. it's going to be interesting. Halloween kills, even though it's gotten divisive reaction in, in some screenings. Um, you got to don't forget Dune's coming out in a little story, bit too. Dune. West Side Dune's Story. It's going to be day to day, day to day. Warner Brothers, so HBO Max. I'm surprised at that one. That's Ghostbusters hurt. Afterlife. That that. Yeah, Ghostbusters. What do, you, what do you see to the end of the year? Like in terms of going to get better, stay the same? What do you think? I think it's going to be staying the same. Yeah, me I mean, too. It's not this- going to get worse. It's not going to get worse. It's going to be pockets of good. I mean, we've seen this in Chang chi Legend of the Ten Rings. It's done very well. Bucked the trend. But, you know, everything around it is struggled. I mean, there, there's not a lot of legs in secondary. I mean, Free Guy's done well in, in relative. Yeah. Um, it, it's just... No, but movies like uh, Adam's Family 2 and Venom and, you know, The Last Duel and the let's be honest, this is an industry that is maybe changed forever. Well, it's definitely still reeling. It's still not. It's still trying to figure itself out. They just don't know what to do. Absolutely. They just don't know where to go and which direction to head. And and here's my last question to you. Do you see audiences? I know honesty. Say, say Christmas, Christmas between New Year's, which is a big movie week historically. You see people sitting elbow to elbow in movie theaters on a mass scale. Do you? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, it's hard. Psychologically, I don't see it. Well, and a, a good question is, do you see the rock and Ryan Reynolds continuing to make Netflix movies along with big budget action Probably, movies in theaters? Because If they pay them. Yeah. They're yeah. Gonna. What do they care? Right. At the, at this they're not going to care. If somebody gives them 20, 25 million, they're not going to care. And Netflix is going to do it. There's no doubt. There's no way around it. It, it will happen. Yeah. Um, and the Tomorrow War will come out. Part two will come out on Amazon Prime, right? Stuff like that is just going to continue to live and we're going to have to continue to deal with it. But the good news is, is that there's plenty of stuff to watch. There's no doubt that, about that, it. That That is a given. I agree 100%. That is fact. Uh, it, it just, when I hawken back, you know, and I, and I say to myself, you know, the, we and we talked about this so many times. 
seeing Jurassic Park at the Zig Field in New York City in 1993 with 1,150 people sold out. Today's generation is never going to experience anything like that, remotely like that. No. Um, and it, it, I don't it's know. Not a good I, thing. That, that, that is not a good thing. No, it will, it's not. It, will bo- it bothers me. And the way movies are made and viewed, and I still say, like, the Tomorrow War, like, who saw that movie? Like, I understand certain people swatch it on streaming, but not like they wouldn't. It's not going to have a legacy. There's no legacy. It doesn't have a legacy. It's Those never going to have, have a legacy. It's never going to have a legacy. Well, because there's no legacy. Because part of seeing great movies and, and enjoying them is the story you tell when you saw them. Right. You exactly. Don't re- like there's, you, there's no lasting memory of sitting on a couch and watching the Tomorrow War. You look at like I, I, I watch a lot because when the people come into my ice cream parlor, a lot of times I, I will put on a Saturday night. I put Tim Burton's Batman on like the good the scene in the museum when Batman is coming through the skylight. It's, and they love it like they love it. And I say to myself, no matter what people think of that movie, and I think it's honestly, I think just greatness in Tim Burton's Batman, absolute greatness in that movie, despite his flaws. But whether you like it or love it or hate it, you saw it in a movie theater back in 1989. Yeah. And that, and, and that's, that is the most important thing. You got out of your house, you got yep. in your car, you took a bus, you took a train, you walked in, whatever you, you sat in a movie theater and collectively you lived history. Yep. And we have a generation they're not going to live through this. And the industry is completely different and it's going to be a shared universe theaters and streaming. That's not going to go away. Nope. Nope. It's not. All right, Chuck, uh, let's end on that note. Um, we'll do this all over again next week, my friend. All right. Always a pleasure, Mike. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to movie maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.